God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child. Child. Listen. It is that time of the week that you have been waiting for. The Woman Evolve podcast is back up on your Facebook, and in your ears, wherever you listen to, whether you are on SoundCloud or iTunes or logging into the Facebook Live, it is time for your girls to get together and do what? Kick it. Figure out what's going on in the world. Are we minding our business? Are we drinking our water? For the record, not being joined by myself, Alexis Galloway, Lynette Robinson, Caitlin White, all of my friends are logging into Facebook Live right now because we have things to talk about. We have things that must be discussed and people who need to be rescued. Can somebody help me? Can I get an amen somewhere? That's right. I'm being joined from all over the world. I see Faith Strong, Brianna Crawford said, child, I just stopped one of your messages on YouTube to watch the live. What's up, girl? You can return to it when we get finished. What has been going on in your world? Have you been drinking your water? Have you been minding your business? I have been drinking my water. I have been minding my business and I have just been living my best life. Listen, I am glad to say that I did keto for, let me see, I did keto for 14 days and then I went to Dallas. And when I went to Dallas, I I did fine for two days. But while I was in Dallas, Keto tried to make a lie out of me. And I said, I bind the devil. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Facebook is trying to stop me from connecting with my folks. And I'm going to let you know right now, whenever Facebook tries to keep us from being connected, we go even harder in the paint, even if that means we have to try over and over and over again. But as I was saying, I did Keto for 14 days. I went to Dallas. Things got a little tricky. I preached on Sunday at my father's church on Pentecost Sunday. And then I went home and my brother asked me to cook. My brother said, you know what? You haven't cooked for me in a long time. My flight was at eight o'clock. I said, whatever, I'll cook for you. I made fried chicken. I made macaroni and cheese. I made mashed potatoes. I made a pound cake. I made a regular five flavor pound cake and I also made a chocolate pound cake. Then after that, you know what I did? I got on the airplane. Well, nope, I wanted to get on the airplane. Can we talk about airline travel? Can we talk about how my flight was supposed to leave at 8.45 and I didn't leave until 12.45? And can you talk? Can we talk about how that was a blessing within itself? Because there were people in the airport whose flight had gotten canceled the day before and had no flight. People who had been there for 13 hours. It was a what mess. But anyways, I got home and I've been home and I've been struggling because your girl has been tired because... Friday night, I was in St. Louis. I got to speak at the I Am Woman conference, and I had an incredible time there. I flew from St. Louis to Dallas, and then Sunday, I spoke at the Potter's House and got really moved and showed out and showed up. And so your girl is just dragging her feet through life. School is out tomorrow. On Thursday, I plan on sleeping in like I just got out for summer. But right now, I'm with the delegation. Sabrina heard Sunday's message. She said Sunday's message was fire. Let's see what else the delegation. Ashley Henderson says, I've been drinking my water and minding all my business. Minding all of your business will bless your life. 
Shalaya says, Kelly girl, when can we get a plate? Child, I left all of that food in Dallas where it could no longer follow me into my healthy living, I guess. I'm going to get back on keto, but right now I just want to get back some sleep that was taken from me. Being a such child, minding my business and drinking my water has blessed me with a new job, new degree, new apartment, and a fiance. First of all, goals, okay? But she's not lying. When you mind your business, and let's specify this, minding your business doesn't mean just like keeping all of your business. I feel like this is a word for somebody. Sometimes people think minding their business is just keeping everything to themselves and internalizing. No, minding your business, minding, putting your mind on your business is why do I feel this way? What am I going to do? What goals are am I going to set? What patterns am I going to establish? Don't keep your business, mind your business. Put that Put your mind on your business and fix your business so that you can be like Bina and have a new job, new degree, new apartment, and a fiance. She's out here living her best life. Do you hear me? Davey Johnson says, just love getting a pedicure. Much needed me time. I went and got a pedicure today too, which you know I'm struggling if I went and got a pedicure. I was doing any and everything I could to avoid my responsibilities. So I decided to go get a pedicure. Usually I do my feet myself. Jaleesa says, hey, ladies, I'm definitely drinking my water and diving into full-time entrepreneurship. Congratulations, Jaleesa. That is a really big step. We're praying for you. You're going to have so many lessons and so many testimonies. Keep the faith. Success doesn't happen overnight. Hopeful Ocala says, Aunt Sarah, I've been minding my business and drinking my water with one Pepsi a day because my kids will not let me let Pepsi go. Your kids trying to keep you from being great. That's my kids try to do that sometimes. Okay. Just so you know, just, just so you know, if you're listening to the podcast that we are a month away from the Woman Evolve conference. What that means is that it's about to go down in Denver, Colorado. I know that there are some of you who are listening right now, like I really wanted to go. I haven't been able to go. I didn't even look into it. Let me tell you something. When I preached at the Potter's House Dallas, I let them in on a little secret that I was going to run a special and honored me preaching at Dallas. And I said that it was just for Dallas people. But if you're listening right now, I'm going to go ahead and bless you with a hearty amen. That promo code is W-E-T-P-H-D-19. Okay. And so what I'm saying is you're going to get a discount for registration and you can make it to Denver. And we only have a few spots left. So girl, don't be that person. Just come. But I'm coming by myself. Girl, don't worry about coming by yourself. We got plenty of people coming. It's going to be amazing. Okay. So listen, oh, it's 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 says she got her ticket. Keisha says she's been minding her business and drinking her water and those points. Uh, 79 cents polar pops at Circle K are the devil. Mountain Dew slushies twice a day. No, lose here. Let her go. Okay. Kim Johnson says, I'm so excited. I bought my ticket a whole year ago and have been counting down the days. Let me tell you something. We get it in at Woman Evolve Conference. It's like the delegation having a podcast for two days straight where we just talk about any and everything and get our whole life together. All right. So listen. All right. Rescue Eve. Are you guys ready to rescue people? I had to look up some stories on the fly because, you know, I've been fasting from social media, so I didn't even get to, like, be all up in the mix like I usually be in the mix. So I looked up a few stories that I think are worthy of conversation in this season. My first rescue, listen, it's Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. 
Chris Pratt was criticized for snubbing his ex-wife, Anna Ferris and his son in his wedding Instagram. Chris Pratt and Katherine Schwarzenegger celebrated their wedding day over the weekend. This is his second marriage, and he captioned his picture, best day of our lives. Of course, the hating committee had to come in the captions and says, well, what does this mean to your ex-wife and your son, your six-year-old son? And, you know, I was reading this article, and I was like, you know what, sometimes I can understand where people are coming from. Because when I think of like, you know, my husband's the best thing that ever happened to me, I do want to make sure that I never alienate my kids. But I think sometimes we make things so black and white. Like if this is the best thing that has ever happened to me, then everything else was terrible. When in reality, like me marrying my husband is the best thing that ever happened to me because my children have a father now. Our family has more establishment. I know who I am. I'm in my purpose and anointing. And I have the ability to do that in a way that I'm not sure that I could have done it without marrying my husband. Literally marrying my husband changed my life. And I think that when you're blending a family or when you're on a second marriage, that it can be tricky trying to balance those lines of like, is this appropriate to say? Is this not appropriate to say? I don't want my kids to feel alienated. But I do think that like when you have a person who comes into your life and adds so much value that it changes your entire life, that there's something to acknowledging that. But what do you all think? What do you think, delegation? Was there anything wrong with what he said? To say that his marriage to his wife, his current new wife, was the best thing that ever happened to him. Shaquina says, just let that man be great. People are petty betties. Tina Diller said, you can have multiple bests. I totally agree. Would you all consider that we can have more than one incredible thing that has happened to us and the best day of our lives doesn't have to mean a bad thing to the other days of our lives. Raquel says, not at all. I think that we should rescue him. He's probably honeymooning somewhere on a private island, so we may have to send the private jet, but I don't know. What do you think? Tay Turner says, the folks I, the folks don't know about Mind Your Business Ministry. They've never heard of it. Okay. Tia says, I think the haters were reaching Eddie says, people be tripping. It's a caption, for goodness sake. Bianca says, I agree with you, sister. Not one thing wrong with what he said. And Angel says, he was sharing his happiness. People take things too literally. Pretty sure he wasn't snubbing everything in his life. Totally, totally agree. I think that... um, the goal is to marry someone who adds value to you, so much va- so much value that every day is better than it would have been had you not been with them. And I don't think people understand that sometimes. Cece says rescue. It said the best day of their lives. They found each other. Mm. Now, she has a different perspective that I think is true. The best day of our lives means that our joint life together, this is the best day of it. Brandy Taylor says, nothing wrong with his statement at all. He should feel that his wife is blessing his life in new ways and she'll bless his child's life as well. That's how I felt. I'm like, listen, and to see, I saw my son posted the most incredible caption about my husband for Father's Day. And basically in it, he said, you know, and this was Father's Day last year. Basically, he was like, you know, I didn't think that I needed a dad because me and my mom had been together. We were all 
that we had and we were fine and my life was okay. And then I met you and now I realize the importance of a role that a father plays and I, I would not be the man that I am today had it not been for you. So like literally marrying him was the best thing that ever happened to us. I don't understand what's wrong with that. Kendra says, I honestly don't think he was being petty. Now the people, hmm, he can get a rescue. And then first of all, like don't bring up his ex-wife. That obviously wasn't the best day of his life because they ended up getting divorced. And so she'd be all right. And she's moved on. She's fine. Deshaun Gill says he don't want rescue. He is enjoying his money honeymoon with one of the best people that happened to him. I think that we should have a one-time exception where we rescue someone but don't send anything for them because they on their honeymoon. All in favor, say aye. I can't hear the rest of you. Okay. Shaminka says, people just need to mind their business. He doesn't need a rescue. People need to be rescued from his business quick, fast, and in a hurry. Listen, I think the delegation is all here for the rescuing of this situation because stay out of folks' business, okay? We're all in favor. We're rescuing, okay? Mariah says, rescue. The marriage being the best thing that ever happened in his life could mean that it not only enhances his life, but relationship with his kids or his relationship with his kid's mother. Parents being happy plays a huge role on their kids' lives as well. Okay, listen, come on, delegation. All right. We're going to keep our rescue equipment, but we are going to rescue you later in the heart, in the spirit. Okay. How about that? Jessica says, oh, sis, I'm so glad you have achieved a successful blended family. I need help with my blended family. My husband and son are are at odds and it hurts. Jessica, I'm so sorry. Blending a family can be challenging. I think that the biological parent has an opportunity to be a bridge of translation and interpretation for both sides. And so... I'm going to be praying that God will give you wisdom and strategy on how to navigate this blended family and how to explain how your child feels to your husband, how your husband feels to your child. I think certainly there are a lot of books and there are a lot of resources that are available to help you all. Certainly counseling and therapy is one of them. You know, I think that the most important thing in blending a family is being willing to have people who are open to a new definition of family. I think that we make a mistake when blending a family when we try to make it like automatically be a traditional family with traditional mom roles, traditional dad roles, traditional ways of doing things. I think that everyone has to be willing to be open and redefine like what does our family look like now? And I think that the children have to be have to be um, informed and educated about the blank canvas season they're entering into. I do think that like sometimes, and my husband and I had to really be conscious of this, is that like we would make a decision and kind of expect the children to just understand it. Like simple things like we leave our door closed when we're in our room like most of the time because we have six children. And when our door is open, like we can hardly have private conversations. Maybe we're on the phone, like the noise that is in the house enters the room. And sometimes it's our only quiet place. 
Well, for our kids, that was kind of new because they were used to, when we were single, our door being open all of the time and they could come in and come out. But we never explained to them why this door is closed now. And for them, it started reading as like rejection and we didn't want to be a part of them or we didn't want them to be a part of what we were doing or we didn't have room for them in our lives anymore. And so what seemed like a simple thing that just wasn't a big deal to us at all Um, became a source of pain for our children. And so don't be afraid to ask ask your kids. I ask Malachi all of the time, like, how are you feeling? How are you doing in this blended family process? What are you experiencing? What does our marriage look like from your perspective? Because you can't expect for them to just get on the blended family ship and everything to work together, but they have to be parented through it. So I'm praying for you, Jessica. It's challenging. Latanya says, sis, I know this is random, but if there are any of your outfits from Jay Bolin that you no longer want, feel free to donate it to your girl. You have been slaying. I see what I can do, child. I see what I can do. Trinette says, absolutely. The biological parent has to be the positive bridge that brings the family together. That's right. So yeah, um, that's my tips on blending a family. Let's move on to the next rescue, shall we? Now, y'all know I'm tired, so this episode going to be 45 minutes. But that's fine. That's fine. Okay, I read this story, and believe it or not, I felt convicted. Now, anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I am all here for the untraditional ways of discipline and getting your child together. But I felt some kind of way about this. The story reads, a debate about parenting and a call to the police were the result of a recent incident that took place at a busy intersection in Cape Coral, Florida. According to witnesses and a video shared on Facebook, a teenage girl was forced to hold a sign that read, I lied, I humiliated my mother and me by her parent who was standing nearby. One woman who wished to remain anonymous said that she'd seen the post on social media around 2 p.m. that day. She had driven by the girl and her mother hours later at 4.30. She was so concerned regarding the girl's safety that she called the police. Now, you know, I wanted to rescue this little girl because you lied. You did lie. Um, And now you are publicly humiliated and having to be out here telling folks that you lied. And I felt a little badly for her. I don't know if it's because I've just been in the spirit and I've been just like living my best life and just like trying to be compassionate and stuff. So um, I don't know if that just made me believe that this could have been handled differently, but I just wanted to know what y'all thought about this. Cassandra says, I'm not for the child shaming. Cassandra says, that's too bad. Cassandra, another Cassandra. Oh, no, Cassandra says, too many kids committing suicide. Venice says, the, the girl can get rescued. The woman needs to mind her business. And Malicia says, mind your business. Uh, Rakima says, she lied, so she paid the consequences. Tanya says, rescue the baby. You know, listen, I do think that that's shaming. And like, you know, in an age of like social media and stuff, like, I don't know. I wanted to rescue the girl. Now, you can't be out here lying. Now, when you rescue her, I think that we're going to have to get her together. You can't be out here lying, but we don't want you out here on the street. You know why? Oh, I just got a word. You know why? Because even when your children do something wrong, right, we have a responsibility to protect them from people who will label them and never remove that label. Like my children may lie. And if they lie, I am believing the best in them 
24-7 every single day of the year. So when they lie, they do not become a liar to me because I believe the best in them and I think that they can do better. Now, when you put your child in a position where you're allowing a label to define them publicly, like no one is going to just remove that label. Like you want them to correct their behavior, which is why you put this punishment on them. But at the end of the day, now when they're walking around and people are like, oh, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're the girl who lies. Like that's kind of hard to overcome. I don't know. Nicole says she going to learn today. Latoya says we can rescue the child. DB says let's rescue this baby. Davy Johnson says that is slight shaming. I totally, totally agree. Jessica says, isn't love supposed to cover sin? I don't think this is a good form of discipline. Latanya says, correct children in private and they'll respect you in public. Cassandra says, honey, I need to have my child hold hold out a sign that says I need a job. And that ain't shaming. That's just facts. When you need a job, you need a job. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling this. And I'm all for get these kids together and you know, maybe we don't have to spank them, but I I don't know. Carmel Blumenberg's, I mean, it definitely could have been handled differently, but the mother knows her child, so can you argue that? Now, I will say this. I don't know what she lied about. So while I'm defending her, you know who might need to mind their business is Sarah Jakes Roberts, because depending on what this precious lamb lied about, maybe her mother felt like this is the best thing for me to do. Catrice Johnson says, I think it's too extreme. Mom hasn't always done everything right all the time. How many times has she stood on a corner with a sign? I'm just saying other ways to reach and teach your children, for sure. Rachel says, rescue her, but she got to wash her mouth. That was soap. That's what my grandmama did to us when we lied. Now we're going to tell her, now, right now, now we didn't rescued you. Now, get in the car. Now, when you get in this car, you need to stop lying. You need to keep them lies out your mouth, okay? Because I don't know how many more times I'm going to be out here to rescue you. We don't know what happened, but we do know that people were definitely like, she's lucky. Uh, One of the people who saw it said, she's lucky. In my house, she would have gotten a belt. Leave these parents alone. Nothing wrong with what they're doing. They are more than, nothing wrong with what they are doing more than if she would have been crossing the street. Huh? Nothing wrong with what they are doing more than if she would have been crossing the street. I don't understand what she said, but that's fine. We're going to rescue this baby. Christina says, rescue the child, correct the child, and teach her why it's wrong. Cece says, that's a spirit of bashing and said it, it, it could lead to other stuff. Totally agree. Cassie, uh, my, Cassie said, it's her first time watching. Hey, girl, how you doing? Tabitha says, I see a lot of parents publicly shaming their kids just for likes and attention. Sis, Cardi said, they do anything for the clout. Sister, Sister Cardi said what she said now, okay? Um... So yeah, uh, we're going to rescue this child. Now she's going to stop lying. Um, And if she lie again, no, we're not even going to say if she lie again. See, that's the problem. We're not going to rescue people and then prepare for them to mess up in the same area. Come on, somebody. Ooh, 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 I found a word in this. We're going to, if I'm going to rescue you, it's because I believe that you're not going to mess up in that same area again. Isn't that what the Lord does to us? He uh, he rescues us and then believes that we are not going to mess up in that same area again. He gives us a new chance. He doesn't hold us to who we used to be. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to rescue her and believe she's never going to lie again because the grace that we're going to show her is going to move that lying spirit. It's going to break that lying spirit off of your life. I rescued you to break that 
that lying spirit off of your life, okay? Okay, delegation, don't be saying nothing to, too extreme about how y'all discipline your children. I'm a mandated reporter. Come on, Latanya Simmons says, keep it to yourself, keep it to yourself. Okay, listen. Okay, so our next rescue. Nicole Curran is the wife of Golden State Warriors owner Joe Lacobe. And she's recently received threats from the beehive after from the beehive. Did y'all hear how the devil tried it? She's received threats from the beehive after talking to Jay-Z during an NBA finals game. So they're sitting at the game, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Nicole. Nicole, I'm gonna tell you exactly how they're sitting. It's Nicole. It's Beyonce, it's Jay-Z. It's a Beyonce sandwich. Beyonce's right there in the middle. Nicole's trying to be a good hostess. She's like, listen, I invited y'all to the game. Can I get you anything to drink? She gets Beyonce's orders. She couldn't hear Jay-Z, so she had to lean over Beyonce to hear what Jay-Z was saying. That Beehive wasn't having it. They're all in the girl's comments. They sending her death threats. My girl is shooketh because all she was trying to do was see if they was thirsty. She was trying to see if they needed any water. She's probably a part of the delegation. She probably said, they look like they mind their business. They look like they drink water. Maybe I can get them some water to drink. Little did she know that the delegation was not going to have it. Um, we got to rescue Nicole. Nicole was just trying. Let me tell y'all something. Uh, let me tell you the word I received when I was reading this story. Word I received is this. We cannot be more upset with somebody than the person who should actually be upset about what they did. I'm going to say that again so that it gets down in your spirit. We cannot be more upset than someone who actually was on the receiving end of the injustice. Have you ever gotten upset about, oh, I feel my help coming. Have you ever gotten upset about something for a friend? And then you looked over at your friend and your friend wasn't upset. And you thought to yourself, well, if you're not, a, if you're not going to be angry, I'm I'm not going to be angry. Let me tell you, that is the key to minding your business. I mind my business and I try to get upset with my friends because, you know, if we're going to fight, we're going to fight together. But at the moment that you're not fighting anymore, then I'm not fighting either. Listen, if you're not, I'm not. If you're trusting that God is going to fight your battles, I'm going to fight. I'm going to let them fight it too. Taystar says, nope, she doesn't get rescued. Team Beehive. Monique Daniel says, so over the Beehive. Beehive. Brooklyn says, the Beehive does the most all the time. Nothing new. Amy says, I think the Beehive is overreacting, however, but did you see Beyonce's shoulder back her shoulder? I did not see this. Shakina says, Lord, leave that woman alone. She could not have leaned. Oh, she could have not leaned over Sister Beyonce. LaRonda says, Beyonce did look, she did look like, now you are talking over me, but she didn't look like I'm going to stick my beehive on you. Danielle says, now what about siblings? I'm sorry, as a big sister, I'm protecting mine. But see, all my siblings is grown. All my siblings grown. And if my siblings get mad and we're going to be mad together, I'm with you. But if you're not mad no more, then I'm not mad no more neither. I'm not about to be mad and you're not mad. Who has time for that? Monica Gary says, say that again. People take stuff too far. It didn't have anything to do with you, so why are you in the mix? Just stop. And let me tell you, you got to know when your folks is petty. This is not regarding the Beehive situation. This is just free, unsolicited advice from your girl, from your cousin, from your big sister, pastor friend. Listen, um, 
If you know that your people don't know how to recover from folks getting mad, then you got to not tell your folks what is happening. If I, Listen, my mother, I love my mother to death. She's, she's a petty betty. And I know that if I tell my mother that somebody's done something to me, she's never going to forgive them. She's always going to know them as the person who messed me up or who did something I didn't like. And I could be like, oh, mom, never mind. It was a misunderstanding. I was actually the one who was wrong. Let's move forward. And my mother is still going to act like the woman or person on the other end was wrong. I don't know. Shabrika says, Sarah, I believe that is a full rescue for the wife. The beehive was too strong on this one, and they should simmer down and take several seats. Malicia says, B is just a human. Dewan says, can we rescue a Beyonce's facials and mine right along with it? Oh, her facial expressions. People stay misreading my face. You're right, Dewan. Because the other thing I thought is like, she just wasn't smiling. That may have just been her resting face. And her resting face may look irritated if that's what you're looking for. I'm not very good at facial expressions either. And my children have really been challenging me to work on that. And I'm listening to them. But I struggle. I struggle with my facial expressions. Ty Star says, Sarah, put yourself in that situation. Let somebody cut you off and be all over you to ask Pastor a question. Now, that's different now. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right. You're right about that part. But that was different. So are we rescuing? How about that? Anita says, yes, let's rescue. Christy Walker says, right. If you mad, sis, we mad. You not mad, we not mad. She understands the code. I'm I'm not doing it. 20 says, but she was seated right beside these, so she should have asked her. Yeah, but, you know, people, here's another thing that we have to know about life. Culturally, people don't always follow the same rules that other people follow as it relates to speaking to people's um, spouses. Let's go deeper. So I have had people come up to me that was like, I wanted to speak to you first because I don't speak to the husband without speaking to the wife. That's a cultural thing. And I, I respect that. I'm not saying that it has to be how everything is handled, but some people see things differently. Um, I don't be in nobody's husband's face. I don't be in nobody's face because I know how I want my situation ran. And so, but that's just me. Some people are just a little loosey-goosey with it and they don't care. You know, if they got to ask your man a question, ask your man a question. Even if that means reading, um, leaning over you. I don't know. How about that? Um, Okay. So how about that? Are we rescuing? Shalaya says rescue. Kendra says, that's so true. She She understands. Okay. Anastasia says, yes, talk to the wife before you talk to the husband. That's a word. People people live by this thing. My mother is really mind your business ministry, so I understand that. Because then she says, send her, a rest, send her a greyhound, and she can pay for her own ticket. That's a word, okay? So Alexandria says, yes, we can rescue, but no jet because she has all of the Murney. Murney, she's bringing in Core's language, Core's vocabulary into this episode. Amy says, and I don't want nobody in my husband's face either. I'm not for being in the face. Listen, that's not my, that's not my ministry. I don't have a be in my husband's face ministry. Okay, listen, those are my rescues. Now, I have some Hail Marys that I would like to submit to the delegation. Some of them are no-brainers other than people don't want to hear. But I'm going to see if I can get to all of them. I want to send a Hail Mary to Delta Airlines. 
Um, as I mentioned to you all, travel has been a major struggle in the airlines. I was on the lucky end of only having my flight delayed four hours, whereas other people really struggled. But I was reading a story that said 41 fifth grader students and their adult chaperones on a class trip to Washington, D.C., were left stranded at Oklahoma City's Will Rogers Airport after their American flight was canceled. When I tell you their flight was canceled, okay, the students remained at the airport for six and a half hours with no promise that they would be able to make their long-awaited trip. However, Delta Gate agents eventually intervened. So Delta intervened and ended up calling the corporate office and having an empty plane used to take the students from Oklahoma City to Washington, D.C. for their trip. Not only was their flight canceled, there were no alternative flights available, and the entire party received refunds, but still, they didn't have nowhere to go. So it was absolutely amazing when Delta Corporate came in and just said, we'll just give you the whole plane, and Chaperone said, first of all, Delta, big ups. Way to, I don't want to say they took advantage, but way to take advantage of your competitor's weakness because... They said, listen, we can send a plane for the children. Ruth says, American has been messing with folks, have been messing folks over. Delta has been winning. Let me tell you, and I am like a devout American Airlines. I'm from Dallas. American is the major airline for Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Like I was American, American, American. That's my airline. Don't mess with it. That's the only thing I fly. And when I was in the terminal on Sunday and I saw them people's flights getting canceled and I saw people waiting in this long line, like this long, like thousands of people in a line to get their canceled flight and luggage and stuff figured out, I said, American is out here tripping. American is trying to be Spirit Airlines. Okay, Dominique says, come through Delta. Genesis says, go Delta. Oh, Latoya says, my child was on that. How dope. You a celebrity. Jaquita says, American had been tripping. Way to go, Delta. Yes, that is major. Way to go, Delta. I think that was amazing. So... Tammy says, there's been a lot of delays, must be a pilot shortage. Let me tell you, y'all didn't ask about what happened to me, but let me tell you something. They had a gate, uh, they had a plane at my gate, but it wasn't the plane I was supposed to take. But they didn't have anyone to move the plane so that the plane that I was supposed to take can come to the gate. And then on top of that, they said my pilots were stuck on the tarmac in a different plane because there was nowhere for them to pull in their plane. And they were stuck on the tarmac for three hours trying to get to the gate. It was a mess, okay? But the Saints are saying Delta is where it's at. Proud Delta employee here. Hey, Brittany, thank you for what you're doing. Alexander says that was an amazing rescue. Exactly. So I don't know. Y'all pray for American Airlines. Something is happening over there. My next Hail Mary is coming from a story in Denver, Colorado. Years after taking his first full-time job as a school custodian, a Denver man's career shifted from cleaning schools to leading one as school principal. Michael Atkins became principal of Stedman Elementary School in Denver, Colorado on June 1st, years after taking his first job as a custodian at a custodian at another public school. He says, I took pride in the bathrooms I cleaned. I took pride in the rooms that I vacuumed. Although Atkins valued the role, he knew he was capable of something more, an idea that took root thanks to his second grade teacher. 
It was the relationship that I was able to build at seven years old that opened up the doors for me in education, he told Nine News. So this story I thought was really, really dope. He started off as a custodian, and he's literally now a principal at a school. Atkins did not kick off his career as an educator. He always knew that he wanted to serve the youth in some way. And so his heart, let me tell you something, his heart to serve ultimately led him to the ability to be promoted. People ask all the time, how do I figure out what my purpose is? How do I figure out what I'm supposed to do in life? And let me tell you that Michael just started off serving in excellence, not serving with the attitude, not serving with reluctancy, but he started serving with the spirit of excellence. And it was through serving that he discovered what he wanted to do. Isn't that something? Ashley Holloway says, as a guidance counselor, this means so much to me. So happy you're sharing this. I'm glad you enjoyed the story. You got to check it out. It's one that is very inspiring. Ruth says, all this story is beautiful. Lydia says, yes, I saw that article. That was an awesome story. So yes, we're giving a Hail Joseph to this custodian turned principal. Hail Joseph needs to be the holiday in employee that says, I understand, but it's above me. I miss that. Y'all got to send me that story. Maybe I can feature it next week. So yeah, that's Hail Joseph. Um, Let me tell you about this gangster boo mother who has become my new best friend. A Tampa Bay mother held an intruder in her home at gunpoint for a terrifying 13 minutes until police arrived at the scene. Lauren Richards, a mother of four, initially made a call reporting a suspicious person on her property 21 minutes before the police arrived. On Saturday, May 25th, 9111, she called the police department while waiting for the officers to arrive the suspicious to the suspicious person call, Richards looked outside her home in Rolling Oats Estate and noticed her mini pig Milton had his nose to the ground. She realized the animal had picked up a scent and that someone either had been in her garage or was currently in her garage. Okay, they giving me the blow by blow details. What happened? Okay. So Richards, already afraid the man would break into her home, took her gun and entered the garage. Eight feet away was the intruder. Richards realized realized that her typically open garage was now shut. In an audio obtained by the station, she says, I have a gun pointed and I need the police to show up immediately. I called 10 minutes ago and nobody has shown up. First of all, can we have a slow slow clap? Can we enter in the slow clap right now for Lauren Richards, who went into the garage with her gun and held my guy at gunpoint until the police arrived? Okay, how about that? Latanya says, whoa, mom wasn't playing no games. Jackie Baldwin says, go, Lauren. Child, you are brave. She she is very brave. You know, I want to say that backed into a corner. No, I am going to say it. backed into a corner. Backed into a corner. I You, you got to do what you got to do. Would I have entered the garage? Probably not. Would I have had the gun pointed at the garage door? Definitely. I will definitely, if you come past this threshold, that's going to be your tail, Mr. Postman. But you can stay in that garage until the police come. It ain't nothing out there. Listen, OnStar will shut that car down in a minute, okay? Monica says she's gangster with it. Diamond says, what's the promo code? Oh, the promo code is tuned to the, is pinned to the top. Maya says, shout out to Lauren, super mom. Shalanda says, not 10 minutes ago, Jesus. Mama took it into her own hands. She sure did. And it said, let's see, Tini says, Lauren said, not today. Not today. You picked the wrong house today. 
James said, James and Fabiana said she had that David bravery. She knew what was in her corner and she was a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. So yes, hell married to Lauren Joseph. Um, now, Tasia has asked a question that is worthy of us considering at another time. We're going to celebrate right now, but we do want to ask, why is your garage typically open? Because that's, that's a little confusing for some of us. Okay. All right. Okay. Listen. Uh, my last Hail Mary is to Tamar Braxton. And I know the delegation likes to act a little petty. But I wanted to give my Hail Mary to Tamar Braxton, who recently made a post where she apologized to people who she's hurt in the past, her ex-colleagues on The Real, her um, sisters, and Yonla Van Zant for how she showed out on her Show. She says, when all you know and felt is hurt, you hurt. Self-inflicted and to others are included. From my sisters, the ladies of the real, Ayanla, old and new friends, and whomever else I've hurt from being hurt, please forgive me. Let me tell you why I thought this was being. Because a lot of you guys realized that you were hurt. And a lot of you all a lot of you all end up realizing that you could have made a better decision. And what you say to yourself is, you know what? I'll just make a better decision next time instead of trying to correct the things that could have been done differently in the past. And I think that there is something worthy and commendable about apologizing. Now, someone's going to say, well, she needs to make sure that she did it privately. We don't know that she did it privately, but let me tell you this. She did it publicly. So I think also where you mess up is where you should fix it. And she publicly apologized. And I thought that was big. Jilly says, grown woman things. Tammy says, own it, Tamar. Tay Star says, come through, bigger person. What was that? What else? What do you guys think, delegation? Um, Rahakima says, nope, nope, nope. Didn't she apologize last month or so? That's how, seven times 77, all right? Cassandra says, actions speak louder than words, though. But we know her actions could have changed. We don't know if her actions have changed. I just thought it was big. First of all, can we be honest? Apologizing is really not my strong suit. I've gotten a lot better because I think there was something about me having done things in the past that I knew were wrong, like that I had shame about that made it hard for me to apologize because I was like, man, I've already done something so shameful and I just want to do everything right from this point forward. So anytime I did something wrong, it was hard for me to own my mistake and move forward. And so like apologizing is really challenging. So whenever I see someone apologizing in a capacity that they don't have to apologize, I'd be commending them. Now, I know some of y'all said later for that, but that's fine. Dominique says, thankful she did it publicly. I love that so much. Can you please speak on that some, Sarah? I've heard a lot of people from being hurt myself still trying to heal. Yeah, I mean, it's a real, sometimes you don't realize how toxic your behaviors are until you begin to dissect what's really happening on the inside of you. I actually had a conversation with someone. They were like, you know, why do haters hate? Why do haters hate? And I was like, it's kind of like when Jesus was on the cross and he said, forgive me, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So of course they knew that they put him on the cross, right? So it's not like they didn't know that they put him on the cross, but they did not know how their actions were going to impact themselves and him long-term, right? Because, because sometimes people are so caught up in a moment 
that they don't really see why they're making those decisions and the regret they're going to have towards those decisions. And so when you're on the receiving end of that and you're like Jesus, right, and somebody's hating on you and you're like, you know what? I think we have a responsibility to be compassionate because they don't always understand how their words are affecting you, how their words are hurting you. But most importantly, at the end of the day, just like for Jesus, like it ends up working out, right? Like they meant it for evil. God uses it for good. But at the end of the day, when you are the one who has hurt someone, I think that when you still have access to them, and sometimes we end up making decisions where we lose access to people, I think that if you still have access to them, I think a sincere apology. It doesn't have to be a conversation. Sometimes it's just a letter. Obviously, the best apology is change behavior, but sometimes people are relieved when they recognize that you understand the impact of your actions. Empathy is everything. It's one thing to say, you know, I'm sorry. It's another thing to say, for the first time, I really fully put myself in your shoes and I can understand how the decision I made, how the words I said were poison in your system. I wish that I could take them back. I can't. But what I know now is that I will never allow those words, those actions, those things to ever happen again to you or to anyone else. And I'm telling you, I'm sorry. And if you have it in you to forgive you, I just ask that you forgive me. A lot of times we want forgiveness and we also want things to be restored to what they were. There are some things that cannot be automatically restored just because you ask for forgiveness. But forgiveness is certainly a beginning stage of seeing what the relationship can become now. Sometimes it means absolutely nothing. Like, okay, you have, I forgive you, you forgive me, but we just can't do it. Each other like that. Sometimes you end up having a better, more honest, transparent relationship as a result of it. But I think sincerity and empathy are really key in order to make those things happen. So yeah, th- that's my thought. Amy says, that's that new growth. Diamond says, I don't remember apologizing to the ladies of the real. And as far as my family, there will never be too many apologies. Yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. Shabriga says, I like Tamar. She can be extra, but I believe she's growing every day. Sometimes we have to learn a hard way. Let's send some floaties with a potential rescue in the future for Ms. Braxton. I have a soft spot for the Braxtons because they are very relatable. Life and family is hard, child. Lydia says, "That's the saying, there's a saying that says, hurt people hurt people. Indeed. Kennedy says, the best apology is change behavior. Absolutely. If you're really sorry, let's do something different next time. Keisha says, child, I caught that word. Words aren't always needed. Actions speak louder than words. Show me for sure. Abanita says, I hope she act right because she'd be doing too much all the time. All right. All right. Well, I just wanted to at least acknowledge that she had um, publicly apologized in a way that she didn't have to. Hopefully things will become better as a result of it. Y'all need some advice. The saints have slid into my DMs and they have asked me some questions. And I want to share with you all what they've asked me. Um, I got to pull up. Okay. So this question reads, Hi, Sarah. I feel like I have some God-given ideas that I'm supposed to see through. The problem is that I see the end result, but I don't know how I'm supposed to get from here to there. I often feel conflicted. Sometimes I feel that I get excited and I could be running ahead of God as if I'm trying to create this God vision in my own strength by taking the path that seems the most logical. In those moments, I feel that I need to wait for the next steps. 
But other times I feel as if, as if I am procrastinating and I have this sense of urgency. It feels as if that it feels as if the opportunities have a window and that I need to be using what tools I've already been equipped with to start. When you were given visions of projects like Woman Evolve or this podcast, how did you map that out? Will there ever be a moment when I feel confident in the plan and I know what it fully looks like, or will it always be a step out on faith and feeling in the dark process? I can't tell if I'm being too cautious and afraid or if I'm moving before my time. So um, when God, I had a vision a few years ago that I should host women's events, right? But I didn't have a revelation. Like I knew I wanted to host women's events. It felt like a natural organic progression for what I was doing, but I just didn't have I didn't have the fuel. I had the car I had the destination, but I didn't have the fuel. I didn't have my why. I could say like, hey, I just want to reach people and hey, I just want to connect with people, but I didn't have the why. And it wasn't until I was reading Genesis 3 and 15 where I got that revelation. And when I got that revelation about, you know, uh, bruised heels, crushing serpents, heads, that I said, this is it. This is what I want every single woman to know. And so that is when I was like, now I'm ready to have the conference. Now I'm ready ready to start the podcast. Now I'm ready to start the fashion line because I have this concept that I think is so powerful that it will change the way a woman shows up in the world. It's going to change the way she feels related to. It's going to change the way she finds her strength. It's going to change the way that I connect with women. I want it to say, woman, evolve. I know you've been stressed. I know you've been tired. I know things haven't gone as planned, but woman, evolve. If you evolve, if you evolve from this moment, from this moment, then you guys are going to, then you're going to make it and you're going to be fine. I think that God can give you vision, but you've got to know your why. And I think when you know your why, you start taking off on a practical level. After I had that moment where I had like my fuel, I knew what I wanted to do. I said, I want to host a conference, right? I didn't know whether or not people would actually fly to Denver, Colorado to be a part of this conference. And I also knew that I needed to have speakers. So I started inviting speakers. I only invited people who I felt understood what I was trying to accomplish in the time that we were together. And I offered them money for their time because I I am just one of those people who try to compensate people in some capacity for whatever they offer to me. Like I've People send me a lot of free things. If there's ever something that I want, I buy it myself because I'm like, I want to sew into what's happening in your life. I don't want you to give it to me for free because of who I am. If I can afford to do it, I want to sew it. I want to sew into your life. Anywho, but I made a decision that I would only offer to pay them what I could bring in on my own personal income just in case people weren't able to come. And so I think that you have your fuel, right? And then you have the practical steps. Figure out what your why is. Once you know what your why is, my next suggestion is to plot out your plan. So yeah, the end result is a conference, but what do I need to do before then? I need to have a registration platform. I need to have a marketing system. I need to understand my audience. I need to know what's important to them. I need to see what speakers are available to bring this synergy together so that we can have a powerful event. And so those are things that I would suggest that you do is to break it down into steps. Here's the end goal, but what are the steps that lead to it? And just because you break it down in steps doesn't mean that you have to implement everything at one time. You may say, you know what? 
after these steps have been broken down, that this one thing I can do is a lot easier for me to accomplish than I thought. I can do something today that gets me to the end result that God has in mind for me tomorrow. Or you may say, I need some help. I need some tools. I don't know how to do any of these things. And then you start to equip yourself. You listen to podcasts that are targeting those things. You listen to books. You watch YouTube videos that help you target those things. And I think if you break it down into bite-sized pieces that you'll find that it's um, a lot easier to start. So what do you guys think, delegation? Carmel says, that's good, Sarah. The why is so important. You have to start there and continue to submit your plans to God, and He will order your steps for that vision. Nika says, your why will serve as a reminder later when you feel like you want to quit because things get hard. The why is so important. Dominique says, Sarah, do you create vision boards for yourself? Do they really help? I have never created a vision board. I heard that they are really helpful. We're actually going to have a vision board session at the Woman Evolve Conference. Um, I don't create a vision board. I don't really have any particular conviction about it. I have a vision in my head. Does that count? Y'all call me back. Y'all let me know if that counts. Christy Walker says, you really blessed me at Spirit of Faith here in DMV. Love you and Corey. Oh, love you too. Hey, child. Okay. Um, do we have any more? Brenda says, thank you for this information. Paris says, that's a whole entire word. Yes, I hope you enjoy that. Ty Star says, that's a word. Fund your purpose. Don't spend beyond your means. Honey, let me tell you, I did not know if the saints were going to come. And I have invited these people, so I had to make sure that I could at least cover them coming in. Okay? Uh, So, Nika says, I love vision boards. Danielle says, thank you. I appreciate the advice. But what if you have the way, but you don't have the income? How do you stay motivated? Well, I don't know what your call is, but I think that there are investment opportunities that can help you have the income. And then there are also like savings, like you, whatever your income is, like sometimes to, to, like I said, you have to fund your own dream. You, I think you should determine how much you need. First of all, First of all, there's how much you need, and then there's how much you're willing to learn. Because there were things I couldn't afford when I first started Woman Evolve. Like, I couldn't afford a graphic designer. I I couldn't even afford, like, a conference coordinator, right? So I was handling registration myself. I was, I was responding to the emails myself. Me and my assistant were, like, planning the whole conference on myself by myself. And then God laid it on um, someone we really love who's a part of our ministry, laid it on his heart to just offer his services. And I asked him if he could do it from a volunteer capacity because I just didn't have the resources. But what I'm saying is when I didn't have the funds, I became the resource because sometimes you don't always have the money to accomplish what you need to do, but things need to get done. And so I got on my computer. I went on YouTube. I figured out how to do things myself. It wasn't nearly as pretty as a lot of our stuff looks now, but it was enough to make me help me accomplish what God had placed in my heart to do because I don't mind rolling up my sleeves and doing it myself if necessary. Natasha says, Lucinda Cross is awesome at creating vision boards. She has an awesome story. Check her out, guys. Jamie says, budget it in. Some stuff you can do on your own. Never know how talented you are until you, how talented you are until you have to be talented. Jamie just spoke a word. Um... Raquel says, how do you know if you're going in the right direction once you take the first step? You don't know. You find out when you end up saying, oh, I missed a step. Don't allow the fear of, is this the right or wrong thing to make you stagnant? You will find out if it's the right or wrong thing. Now, it might be a few hundred, few thousand dollars down the line, and nobody likes those lessons. But listen, this is business. 
And business is trial and error. Like if you look at Amazon, you look at Oprah, you look at Bill Gates, you look at any of these people who we have deemed as successful, we're looking at their success now, but we don't see the failures that happen along the way. We don't see when they had to redirect and to move in different directions. And so you don't know that you've taken the right step until you're like, oh, whoa, this is actually working or, oh no, this isn't working. I got to do it differently. I got to Plan. I got a market before I host. So I don't know what your thing is, but sometimes you find out in hindsight and that's okay. That's okay. Okay. All right. So my next question, it says, I'm in Thailand on a vacation. I'm 20 years old. Me and my ex-partner have broken up. We are both children of God who love Jesus with all of our hearts. However, I made a mistake. I was weak and took my journey into my own hands instead of leaving it with God. I fell pregnant and had an abortion. After I I had done it, I know it wasn't what I wanted. I have lived in regret ever since, keeping me in a dark place. My partner and I split up as he could not forgive me, which I understand. So I went on a travel trip to find God to separate myself from the dark. And however, it's still following me. I don't want to live as if this is how I'm going to feel. I don't want to live if this is how I'm going to feel. I feel depressed. Life is no longer worth living. My parents both died when I was 14, so I don't know how to receive love when someone's chosen. So I ran away and got rid of God's child. Now I want to go home, but I'm scared where I am. The darkness follows. How do I escape this? How do I come closer to God? How do I cope with losing my partner due to my weakness and lack of trust? So... The first thing I want to do is I want to share with you the suicide prevention hotline because you mentioned in this note that you don't want to live if you if this is how it's going to be. It doesn't have to be this way at all. And I want to share with you some things that I think are going to be very helpful. But for you or anyone listening who's dealing with thoughts of suicide, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Suicide is never the answer. It seems like it's the easiest way to end those problems, but the reality is that that feeling that you're having, this situation, this season of your life is temporary and you will make a permanent decision that robs all of us of the gift of your life and your grace and your anointing and your purpose if you end it because of this season. Having said that, girl, you have been through a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot to lose your parents at any age, but to lose both of your parents at the age of 14 is so incredibly challenging. And you don't just bounce back from that. And I want to suggest therapy and counseling off top. You got to really begin to dig into what you're experiencing. Sometimes people people can't afford therapy. There are incredible TED Talks and resources available about how to deal with grief, how to come to a place of wholeness. My husband has a great book called Wholeness that you should read by Teray Roberts. But I'm saying make your health your mental health, your emotional health, your top priority. Right now, we can't even focus on how to mend the relationship because we have to mend you. And when we are in the process of mending you, what you're going to understand is that we don't run from darkness. I feel that for somebody. Like I felt, I felt the oil on that. We don't run from darkness. We run into the darkness because we recognize that the darkness is trying to hide the best parts of us. Oh, That feels like such a word for somebody. When there is an area of darkness in our life, whether it is our marriage, um, I preached about this. 
um, in my message, Afraid of the Dark, I want you to listen to that message. When there are areas of darkness in our life, it is keeping us from seeing the beauty and the treasure that God has placed down on the inside of us. And the darker the area, the more beautiful that treasure is. There is something about us confronting the darkness and saying, I'm not going to get on another plane. I'm not going to leave my house. I'm not going to drink another bottle. I'm not going to smoke anything else. I'm going to run head first into this darkness and say, here is my light. And in the process of running into that darkness, we are going to demand that all of this suit and the shame and the bitterness of life be uncovered so that we can discover your life. Life has not been easy for you. I'm so, so sorry, but you are still a light. You are still someone who is lovable. You're so lovable that there is someone who literally decided to do life with you and wanted to raise a child with you. People don't do that with people who are worthless. People don't do that with people who are who are just dark and irritating and annoying. People do that when they say, you know what, you're the kind of person who I could do this thing called life with. And so we honor that person who wanted to do life with you. And we want to figure out what he sees in you that you don't see in yourself. I want to let you know, as tragic as it is that you ended up getting this abortion and that you wish that you would have made another decision, that God is still a restorer. You cannot undo what has been done, but we can make sure that we live life more intentionally and with more purpose moving forward. So friend, sis, girl, listen, I want you to know that you are not in this on your own. You're not the only one who has gone through a struggle. You're not the only one, literally, you're not the only person who's lost both of their parents at the age of 14. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that it's supposed to be easier for you, but there's got to be something to knowing if they survive, then I can survive too. And maybe I can be hope and shed a light for someone else who's going to experience trauma and grief and not know how to deal with it. And so I want you to create a vision for who you are on the inside. She happy, she healthy, is she whole? What does worship look like? What does joy look like? What does peace look like? And what's keeping us from getting there? Is it sadness? Is it depression? Is it grief? All of those things are okay. They just can't stay. And so we have to figure out how to move them out of the way. Sometimes that might mean forgiving God for the disappointment of not having your parents and saying, God, who did I become as a result of it? I know maybe I was angry. I know maybe I was hurt, but I also learned to value relationships. You think you don't value relationships, but what if in reality is that you value them so much that you don't want to risk losing them? I became someone who understands the importance of a moment, the importance of connection. And that means that when someone is in relationship with me, that they're not just going to get this person who takes them for granted or this person who takes advantage of them. They're going to get someone who understands that every day is not promised. Let's see what the fruit is of what happened in your life and how we can use that fruit to sustain and help other people. I hope this has been helpful. I want to know what the delegation says because they have great, great advice. Tabitha says, if you need help, please get the help that you need. Tina says, Jesus is the light. Alicia says, amen, use your authority. Karen says, says, yo, says suicide legit be looking like a way out sometimes, but it's a whole lie. 
pull through, sis. Patricia says, we don't run from darkness. We run towards the darkness. She will light her path. God is with you always. We're praying for you. Diamond Brown says, you have to change your thoughts. Your mind is where the change begins. Jamie says, I hope she reads these comments. Sis has the whole delegation praying and rooting for her healing. Sis, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to go over to our Facebook page, Woman Evolve, pull down this video and look at the comments. Look at how all of these women from all over the world have pulled together to pray for you. And we're not just praying for you. We're praying for all of you who are listening right now who are going through darkness. We don't have to know your name. We don't have to know your story. God knows who you are. You are not listening to this by coincidence. And we believe that the power of God is going to see you through every dark season, every depressing thought. The power of God the power of God can break anything off of your life. It is strategy. It is tools. It is creativity. And I've seen that power of God show up in my own life, in my own shame, in my own depression. And if he did it for me, I know he'll do it for you. Letitia says, I'll help sponsor a counseling session. If you're listening, and I know your name, and so I responded to your message, and I'm going to let you know that there are also people who are willing to stand with you in any way financially. And oh gosh, there's nothing like feeling like you're in something on your own and having a stranger show up and say, I got you covered. I don't know your story. I don't know your path, but I know that there's better days ahead of you. And so I want to thank my delegation sisters. I love you guys. Thank you guys for pulling through for her. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your donations. Sean says, God never leaves you. Morgan says, keep listening to Pastor Sarah. She got me through a tough time last year. Keep pushing. You'll get your fight back. Praying for you. We're praying for your fight. Jessica says, God is a restorer. We keep ourselves in condemnation, which is a tool of the enemy. Please forgive yourself. And Robinson says, praying for your healing. God got you. Therapy has been a game changer. Okay. All right, listen. I love the delegation. Tarkisha, you took the words out of my mouth. Tarkisha says, that's what the delegation is all about. If you're listening and you need sisterhood and you need to feel connected, I want you guys to plug in, try to make a Facebook Live, try to get involved in our comments on our social media pages, try to go to Woman Evolve TV and get in our forum. Sometimes it can be hard as women to like connect and have authentic, supportive relationships. We're not perfect. We don't have it all together. I'm not saying that we're just going to be like the bomb.com all of the time, but it's really intentional for me for us to have genuine, authentic, and um, vulnerable relationships with one another. I know not everyone can come to Denver, but if you can come, I want to encourage you to come. I'm so intentional. My team is so intentional about making sure every woman who comes in feels touched and loved. And so even if you're not able to come, just do whatever you can to plug in because we love you. We want to see you grow. We want to see you evolve. We want to see you do well in every single area of your life. I'm not a perfect leader, but I am one who believes in the power of connection, but most importantly, the power of God to change a thing. Okay? Natalie says this. The delegation is all about sisterhood. Okay? Absolutely. Um. Okay, so I got a little snack attack for you. And I've been preaching all weekend, so... But this, you know, I'm praying that this stays a snack and doesn't turn into a full meal. But listen, this is what I want to say. Like, I watched myself speaking on Sunday at my father's church at the Potter's House, Dallas. And I just cannot believe who I become 
when the power of God takes over my life. And it has really challenged me to make sure that the power of God is constantly taking over my life. I was so nice to people at the airport. I knew people were stressed. I knew the flight attendants were, um, not flight attendants, but the ticket agents were being like charged up and the counter agents were being charged up about something that was completely out of their control. And I just like tried to take a moment to say, you know, thank you for everything you're doing. I know this is a lot of work for you guys. And um, I forget there was, some, oh, there, you know, I saw some military people. I was like, thank you for your service. Like, I just wanted to be more aware about my ability to change the world and to change an atmosphere. Oof, this is my snack for you. You are an atmosphere changer. When you think in your head, wow, this world needs more kindness, or wow, we need to have more connection at church, or wow, we could stand to have more connection at work. God did not just put that thought on your head so that you can just be upset with the leadership about what they could be doing better. God put that thought in your head so that you can be a champion of change that can become the change you want to see in the world. And when we recognize our ability to change an atmosphere. So just for a moment at the ticket counter, when I told that lady, you know, thanks. I know this is a lot of work for you guys. I did not change all of DFW Airport, but I changed her atmosphere. And I believe that when people come in contact with us, that their atmosphere should be changed. We ought to be walking around here like air purifiers. You dig? That means wherever I go, the air is cleaner because of what I bring when I carry into a room. I don't have time to be going with the flow of everyone else's complaints and going with the flow of everyone else's resentments. Not to say they're not legitimate. You can be legitimately frustrated with your flight being delayed. You can be legitimately frustrated with the politics of what's happening. But let's make a change that moves us in the direction of love. Let's make change that makes the world better and doesn't just add to division and stress. I just believe that we can be a bridge. I don't know who you are or what you're going through, but prophetically, I really do believe that when you recognize your power to change an atmosphere, that you are going to see promotion connected to you standing in the gap of what needs to be changed. Sometimes people cannot implement a change because they don't see it from your perspective. My husband and I are pastors. If someone comes and visits our church or someone in our leadership says, you know what, there just aren't enough people greeting people at the front, I would never know that there aren't enough people greeting at the front because I don't usually walk into the front. I usually walk in through a side door, which means that you have a perspective that I don't see. You could be complaining about something that no one even sees or recognizes except for you. Or you could be complaining about something that you've brought up to some in your team or someone in your family, but you haven't given them a plan. You haven't become a champion for that change. And so I just want to ask you guys to become champions for change, to be in control of the atmosphere. Okay, I'm going home. You know, maybe my husband is stressed and, oh, you stressed? Okay, if you stressed, I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to stay out your way. Shoot, you ain't going to have no attitude with me. But to instead take a different approach. Honey, what can I do to make things better for you? You seem really stressed and I just want you you to, to have a better experience. I want you to flow. Like, what can I do to change the atmosphere of my home? Because when I stop being on the sidelines and become an active participant in the change that I want to see in my house, in my marriage, in my workflow, then I take pride and I maintain that level. You know, I was thinking, 
one of my team team members did something not negative about another team member, but it just wasn't, it wasn't good, right? It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't kind. And I thought to myself, we could laugh about that. Well, okay, she's, the person said something negative about a team member to someone else. And they were just kind of joking like, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. And I'm like, we do not want to create camaraderie over someone else's shortfalls when we could instead cover their shortfall and explain to them that they're still in a learning process, then go back to that person and teach them how to do things better. I don't want to laugh and mock and play games over something that someone didn't do well when I could help them become better. And so, I don't know, be an atmosphere changer, change the culture, change the flow. Don't allow things to continue the way that they have been because You can be an active participant in what you want to see. Keish just summarized up my whole snack and says, be an answer to the problem. Come with solutions. She should have done the snack. She fixed it. James and Fabiana says, when we have a desire for change and feel like God hasn't answered yet, little did we know he already did. He created you and me to walk in his fullness. And when he reveals a lack, be ready to be huge for sure. Be a champion for change. Listen, I love you guys. I think you are the bee's knees, honey. Okay. I think everything about you is amazing. I think that you are a world changer. I think that our world is better because you're in it. And I love that God has connected us in this season of your your life. It is not on accident. It is on purpose. And now we have to get about figuring out what that purpose is. Do you, boo? I'm going to do me. Be an air purifier. Boss up. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for giving me the strength to make it up to the office, even though I left my keys and the internet was down. I reset the router and here I am. And you know why I think I had to go through all those trials? Because me and my girls had some things to figure out. Not only have we helped one of our friends get ready to walk in the purpose of what God has for her, but we've also been able to send love and warmth and light to a friend who was going through a dark season. God, I love what we do when we come together. So please continue to give us wisdom and strategy on how we can make the delegation a powerful force in the earth. Each of us want to be seriously committed to what you have called us to do in this earth, even if it seems small, even if it doesn't seem like it's going to make much of a big difference in the big in the big scheme of things. Because you are God, we recognize that it's actually in the details, in the little things that create magnificent impact in this world. God, make us conscious of the little things that we can do that can create big impact in our homes, in our families, in our businesses, in our finances. Because at the end of the day, we want to be your power on earth. Baptize us afresh. We're hungry for your strategy, for your power, for your wisdom. Get the glory out of our lives today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.